Okay, welcome to our latest podcast from our How to Stay Married So Far series. And today we are talking about the uncomfortable questions that maybe we've never asked each other about the birth of our children. So we're both a bit nervous. I feel really anxious. Anxious because actually I have often described myself with my first birth as a survivor of torture. Mm. I don't want to frighten women with that because a lot of that was down to me making a lot of mistakes. Like I signed up for childbirth yoga and never went. Mm. Uh, I worked up until the last second. I didn't take any time. I was very stressed. I thought I knew it all. Whereas with my second birth, I did a lot of work on preparing and I had an amazing birth. But the first one was extremely traumatic Hmm. so should we go back to the beginning of when I got pregnant and when right from the very beginning I always knew I was going to have a home birth informed by the fact that I don't believe a pregnant woman is ill and I don't believe that a woman giving birth is an ill woman also the fact that I've had a holistic sort of life for the last 20 years Um, my sister had had two home births and had really good experiences. I was a home birth. But strangely, my mum says when I was born, I nearly died. So that's funny. I don't know why I decided on a home birth. Mm. Um, So there's been home birthing was kind of always just a thing I was going to do. But I've never actually asked you what you felt when I said to you, I want a home birth. Just just scrolling back from that, just back to the idea of when you felt pregnant. And the notion that obviously a birth is, <clears throat> is incoming. I'd obviously already experienced the birth of two children. Yeah. So for me, it In wasn't an entirely um, new concept. You know, I had, yeah. I had already gone through the emotional sort of, you know, joy and trauma of, um, you know, all the expectations, the planning, the hopes, you know, with, with Izzy when she was born, you know, it was back in the age when you had a little bag of 50 pence pieces because that's what the book said so that you can phone all your relatives because there's no such thing as mobile phones. Mm. And uh, with Fleur, her mum didn't want me in the um, delivery room and it was a very, I know it was a very difficult delivery. And in many regards, I'd had two extremely contrasting experiences of birth. One in the room, as bit, no, nowhere near like a home birth, but in a room where you could control the lights and we had a doula and, you know, there was an element of, it was the same woman who'd come all the way through with us, you know. So there was, it felt to what, us... What, was it Izzy's birth? Yeah. So oh, I didn't felt, know that. Yeah, but it was in a hospital, but it was a very sort of, you know, it wasn't an antiseptic room and what have you. And it felt to us at 22 that this was quite, you know, out there. This was sort of, ooh, touchy-feely, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then, and, and that was, I would say, was, I think every birth has its issues, but that was a, a relatively positive experience. And then the, the situation with Fleur was one in which um, her mum didn't want me in the room, and I, know, I knew it was going, it was a real struggle, and that was truly horrifying, because I just didn't know what the hell was going on. Mm. And I was in, standing in a corridor, and people were coming out in white coats going, well, mm. we do. So... So you I, had, had I had a positive and, a, and, a, and a, not a, a positive and quite a negative experience of a hospital birth. But what I would say to you is, because I'm only just remembering this now, there was something that you said to me that I'm not going to repeat, 
that's frustrating. But you did say to me, well, because it's her privacy and it's not mine to tell, oh, it's right. not my story to tell, about one of the, about something that happened in the birth and it haunted me a bit, what you'd said. Well, I want to know what it is. How do we I know. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter because for you it probably wouldn't be anything. It was just something you said that you had felt about the birth and it was like, and it really did freak me out a bit. Because, and it's funny, isn't it? Just already, just talking about this already, I'm thinking, I actually feel quite sad that you did know all this stuff already. That was my first question. I didn't I feel it at the time. You. No, the first question I wanted to ask you, well, it was a twofold question. How did you know, do you always want babies? And how did you know I was the, it was the right time and the right person? Was your genetic clock ticking? I've never asked you that. But the second question to that was, how did you feel about the fact that I'd gone through this incredibly intense, intimate experience of having two children? Um, well, that goes back into our sort of step-parenting podcast, doesn't it? I mean, I think rather than talk about the fact that you'd had children, because we've done that in step-parenting, maybe just the fact that you'd been through birth. Oh, I mean, birth. been through the experience of birth. That's yeah. What I, mean. I can't remember how I felt at the time. But again, I think that I'm really lucky in that I do tend to be in the moment. So for me, I didn't, I don't remember feeling begrudging of it. Mm. I remember that story that you said there about the 50Ps and the phone. Um, and I remember you telling me that when I was pregnant and thinking, God, how different this is. I mean, I do remember feeling like I oughtn't to go on about the experience too much. I mean, obviously, we're going back 16 years now, nearly. Um, so I remember quite consciously thinking, don't go on about what you've gone through. So I denied my own experiences because I didn't want it to in a sense, dilute the uniqueness mm. of our own experience and the uniqueness of mm. your experience. And so, I think that was probably a good thing because the couple of things you did say now, and I'm not one that holds anything for too long. I can't even remember what it was. Now I'm thinking, yeah, those couple of things you did say were a bit, did freak me out a bit. Everyone is going to be absolutely pulling their arms off wondering what the hell it was I said, including me. Am I allowed, should I do that? No, no, it's not about you hearing or it's it's about that it's not my place to talk about another woman's birth. Yeah. But I don't know. I okay. don't know. Well, no, no, well, you brought it up within a podcast situation. No, no, but so what I'm saying what is say. there was a particular thing you said about the birth. Right. It's not about what it was. Right. It's about the fact that you'd had an experience right. outside of our experience right. about childbirth right. that then made me feel a bit, oh, my God, you've, yeah. you've done this before. You've had this, like, intense thing yeah. happen before, yeah. which was discombobulating. Yeah, well, I imagine it would be. That's yeah. That's why... Yeah. That's kind of. I mean, that is why I didn't go on about it anymore. Yeah. So, I mean, it's hard when you. I got... think you were really good about that. I think. I think. I think if you talked wax lyrical about having gone through the birth, having gone through births, I knew in, I knew enough. Mm. But if you'd gone on and on about it, I think it would have. I mean, more than like, if you're getting married and yeah. you go on and on about that the makes... wedding that you had before, yeah, you know. It's such an intimate thing between those two people. That's why I don't even want to say anything about those mm, births because mm. it's not up; it's their births. Mm. Um, but I didn't. It didn't spoil things. I didn't feel tarnished. You didn't I feel think, like you wanted to outdo my previous experience. Oh God, no, no. I'm not suggesting that. No, no, but I mean, I, no. you know, some people can get quite proprietorial about these intimate. Emotional experience. Yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't think that, but 
No, I didn't think that. I'm just trying to be really honest here. No, no, I, di I didn't think that. Um, yeah. I mean, did you always, did you have a very strong idea growing up as a young woman or as a grown-up woman that you were going to have children? Oh, I always knew I was going to have children, yeah. Yeah. And so but, when... I'd, but I'd got, as I've said before, I had decided that I wouldn't just have children for the sake of having children mm. and if I didn't meet somebody that I felt was right and as I've said in previous podcasts though I'd always said I would never be with anyone that had children mm. then when I met you and I saw how you were with your children mm. I, I was like oh this is really lovely actually because you get to see how somebody is you mm. know so um... so did you have a strong idea when you were younger as an adult and as a child did you think I'm not always going to have a home birth was, it, was there the thought actively that you weren't going to have a hospital birth no, I don't think as a young... But I think only once my sister was having children we were talking more about... I, hadn't really, you know, I, I didn't really think about it. I mean, I knew I'd been a home birth and I knew I'd nearly died. Mm. So I probably wasn't at the forefront of my mind. Because it didn't come up for discussion. There wasn't an option. No. For me. No, no, there was no way I was going to have a baby at, in a hospital. Mm. I mean, no. And I found that very difficult. Why? Good, because that was going to be my question... What did you think about it when I said to you I wanted to have the baby at home? Well, I just... Because it was so early in our relationship, I think it presented a real, real dilemma. Mm. Because I, in, I know in retrospect, I in no way voiced my objection to it in the way I would have done now. Well, I think the thing I is, what I, I didn't could. take and for if granted... I'm, if I'm, let me just wait, and if mm. I'm also really honest... I felt that there was a bit, not a pressure group, because, of course, as soon as a daughter in a family is pregnant, of course the daughter's family is, it takes precedence. But I very much felt that it was a, like, as you've just said, it was a family historical thing. It was a sort of given. You were a holistic family. This was alien to me. I mean, this was just the whole concept of it was alien to me. Mm. And not necessarily, I, I wasn't necessarily against it, but... With all, of it. With, with all things, it's about being gently introduced to anything so you can better understand them. Um, and so for me, not that I was exactly in the camp of my nanny Thelma who wanted you in a, you know, in a hospital on stirrups. I could hear the sense of having a calmer, more, more um, you know, uh, tailored environment to have a baby. Of course, I understood all of that. But at the same time, I, I, I remember, it, I think in certain parts of my heart, I remember thinking, oh, hang on a minute. Is this going to be symptomatic of other things in our relationship that I've actually got no say here whatsoever? That's how I felt. And so I felt very unnegotiated with, unasked. And where I was asked, it was slightly felt, it was like in that way that I kind of had to say yes, otherwise, you know, God only knows what would have actually happened because clearly there was going to be no accommodation of a more conventional approach to it. So, no. so in that sense, it was quite difficult. Yeah. I mean... When I hear some other women saying to me, I wanted a home birth, but my husband didn't want it, I'm aghast. Yeah. I am aghast that somebody could be told because nobody, no man, woman or child can even begin to imagine how enormous it is to give birth physically. It is... You are a warrior, you are a goddess, you are a gladiator. It is the hardest thing I'll ever do in my life and you have to do what is right for you to be able to get through it. So mm. it really, for me, doesn't actually matter 
what they say because if you you know how difficult how traumatic that first birth was for me and it would have been a million times worse if I'd been in hospital for me not for all women and I think every but woman has their right to choose and you know what it's really interesting how aggressive some women can be with me oh, because I, I've had no, natural childbirth no, even women it's unbelievable but to, but to be brutally, brutally honest I mean having been brought up by a, a lesbian feminist I was you know the other thing that I would use to kind of way against my feeling of hang on a minute I'm not being brought into this discussion is I am a huge believer in the, the right of the woman over her own body I mean at the end of the day it's all well and good us blokes having an opinion and we can have mm. an opinion and it's important that we can. do have it's an your opinion. baby it's your yeah, child absolutely but at the end of the day it's not coming out of our body we're not having to go through the ludicrously almost inhuman herculean effort of of, of as Robin Williams says delivering a bowling ball and you know so out of respect for that I do think most decent guys would step back. But I do remember thinking, you know, you just said your birth would have been so much worse if you'd been in hospital. From my POV, some of the images and some of the moments from that birth that I remember, it felt categorically as though you would have been in a better place if you'd been in hospital. Like what? At the point where you simply weren't dilating and you simply... And I remember passing the bedroom and you were in a state and you weren't doing anything. and And our midwife, we did have a midwife, the midwife looked at me with a look of a sheer wide-eyed panic like this has to go to another level as soon as I saw that the whole birth became the most horrendous situation because in my head a so-called expert was telling me the advice now is to take and I remember her taking me aside into the corridor saying we have to get her to a hospital and I remember trying to implore you and plead with you yeah she was wrong well she was wrong because there was nothing wrong there was nothing wrong with her heart rate she, it, it, we have to be careful what we say around that mm. because it's a person that we can't. But I knew that my baby was going to be fine mm. and she was going to be born at home. And what happened? You knew that, but I didn't. She was fine and she was born at home. So in that regard is... But I cannot imagine, because my sister says, Dina, she could never, ever watch again what I went through. So I have well, no idea what it felt like for no. you. And if I'd been watching you... I would have been petrified and I would have wanted you to go to hospital. I completely yeah. understand that. But, I mean, I've never really asked you about that. How scary was it for you? Well, scary doesn't even begin to come into it. It was... It was without, I don't want to get too emotional about it, but it was... I thought you were going to die. I mean, I genuinely did. And, um, and I just remember feeling very cross with every part of your life that suggested this so-called approach was the right approach. I mean, I genuinely thought you were going to die. And then when she was born, I genuinely thought she was dead. So in that night, I would have... It sounds... I'm not literally saying it because no man could even bear the beginning of the pain of, of delivery. But in many regards, I thought, I wish I'd been the person going through the physical agony so I couldn't have had the slightly distanced yeah. ability to see you nearly die, yeah. I felt... And Maddie come out and not, not seem to breathe. And I was so out of control in a sort of, I can't control anything. Mm. I mean, I just remember pacing up and down the hall. I was annoyed with your sister being there because I felt she was getting in the way. I was annoyed with the midwife because I felt she was getting in the way. You know, all of our families were next door. I knew my nana had come up to London. She was saying, where are the flashing blue lights? Where are the manic men in white coats? I was, and again, I hadn't wholly signed up to her idea. I'd come with you. You know, we had a birthing pool in the kitchen that was leaking. I was having to, I was having to get that water out of the birthing pool. pool, out of the window, into the garden, so we didn't have a flood. And 
I genuinely, genuinely, as I will never forget passing the door where Maddie's currently in and you were on that bed in there and I thought, she's going to, she's going to die. Well, this is interesting because I think, and I think many men must feel that way, whether you're at home or whether you're in hospital, well, wherever you are, point. Yeah. because I think it's so huge what you're going through that and you have to at times block everyone out and you have to go to this animalistic place and you have to release yourself from the pain and everything by terrible screaming and all of this so I don't think that's about home birth I think that's about birth and I think that I feel sorry for men I don't feel sorry for men about much with childbirth because I feel so sorry for women but I think it must be when you watch somebody that you love going through that it must be unimaginable. It's really interesting what you say, that you'd almost wish that you could have had the physical, so you didn't Absolutely. have to have the mental. Absolutely. If you're so I def- believe that. If you're so involved in the agony of getting through something, it's often better for, in most walks of life, someone running a, an inordinate marathon or something, it's better to yeah. be the marathon runner than the, the you know, person watching them go through the agony. And it's just, it was as a witness, I felt so witness to it, and I was hoping that the home birth scenario would have allowed for more involvement in a sense and I felt and this is no this is no criticism of anyone but I felt incredibly held at arm's length by the entire experience Mm. and so I felt I couldn't even get close to you to to do Mm. any of the comforting you see I really do question all the time whether men should be in for a birth because I think men are forced often forced into it and I always say to all women never met well he's got to be there because Mm. I just don't believe that because I actually did want a woman to hang on to. I needed another woman to hang on to. There were points when I needed you and there was points when I needed another Mm. woman. Mm. And my sister and I were very close and my sister had done this twice at home. Mm. She knew where I was at. She knew that level of pain. Oh, she was absolutely the right person. Yeah, she knew the ring of fire when it was going to come, all of that stuff. And... And I think if I'd been you, I would have found that really hard to not be able. I mean, nobody could really help me, actually. But the female thing was needed. And I don't think all men should be in a birth. I really don't. I think it's too hard for them. I don't... I mean, and and women will often say, well, too hard for them. They put me in that place. Well... We have to accept that there are some of the things that are just different between men and well, women. I mean, and maybe is... it's one of those things. Not all men, because a no. lot of men love it. Yeah. But I don't think you should ever force you are going to be in well, there. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big believer that there's no black and white answer to anything. I'm no. not interested in black and white answers to anything. So you could. I don't think there should be a, a sort of a, a feeling that men shouldn't or should. Equally, there shouldn't be a, a, a. You know, maybe some men should be in for a bit and not in for other bits. Exactly. And, and so it's a mix and match sort of situation. But you know, I mean, so. That experience, for me, and I felt the, the relative lack of negotiability around, around the, even the idea of home birth. You know, I remember refeeling all of those feelings when it came to Kiki's birth. Because, once again, not only were we not, not going to have a home birth, but we were in an even more entrenched position where we were toying with all sorts of things. And then we, we did hypnobirthing and all that kind of stuff. And yet, ironically, this is where I kind of come round the other side, is that Kiki's birth was one of the most heartwarmingly complete shared experiences I've had in my life. And you couldn't have had that in hospital. And you couldn't have had that in hospital. So, you know, it sounds like I was going one way with the whole concept of home birth, you know, whereas the the experience with, with Kiki was a truly intimate, truly revelatory, life-changing, completely 
gobsmacking moment where I felt connected to you in a way I've never felt connected to anyone because we held each other so completely and, and Kiki came into the world. And, you know, that was... It made me retrospectively look at the births of all my other children and think, God, how was that not achieved? Or how could that have been achieved? And, you know, maybe... Well, that, I mean, the second birth, I was really well prepared. I'd done all the stuff that I thought about doing with Maddie but didn't actually do. You know, I'd done all the hypnobirthing. I had rested. I had been very protective of myself as a pregnant woman. I hadn't allowed myself to get stressed. I'd done the work. I'd done the homework. We had worked together on the hypnobirthing. And the fact we didn't... We had our friend Rachel there, didn't we? Who was just sort of in the background. Mm. And it was you and me for seven hours with nobody else. And you just get well, there was through. one other person. Rick Stein was on BBC yeah. Two. <laughs> I've got a soft spot for no, Rick Stein. No, but if you think we were nearly six, seven hours in the know, toilet... ...with just you holding my shoulders, doing the hypnobirthing over and over again. And that was so intense. And then if you remember when she came... We've got the photos, that Mm. photo. We have the photo Mm. of the moment when you just go, Mm. is she here? She's here. Because, of course, we'd had all the miscarriages as well. Mm. So that was a phenomenal moment in our lives, you know. I mean, it was just insane. But it it couldn't Um, have been... An intensity like you just wouldn't have... I mean, I think a lot of people would say their second births are easier than their first births. A lot, a lot. Yes. But what I, I just want to go back to the Maddie birth. A lot of women will say this thing about, oh, I'm going to keep him up the head end. Because they don't want anyone to see the their, bits. their bits. Because to see their bits mm. would be to say, you know, would intimacy then is affected and all of this. I, I, I don't know where you were. <laughs> I don't know what end you were or what you saw or what you didn't see. I know that I threw up. I probably pooed. I probably weed. I don't know. I was just like... So what did you... Were you ever repulsed by me? No. No. I... You just looked away from me. You have to be honest. Were there any moments where you were repulsed by me? There was no moment where the word repulsed could kick in. I wasn't repulsed, no. I couldn't be repulsed. What it does do to you is it does, I think, all... Just as women often talk about the, you know, after having a baby or after childbirth, even the concept of sex and looking at that part of the body in a sexual way or thinking of that part of the body sort of goes out the window. I think the same thing happens to men. I think there's there's an... But it's not about... For me, it wasn't about repulsion. For me, it was about... Whoa, Jesus, the power, no, the power of what all that stuff down there actually can do, it's, it's like, it's like, no, it's like treat the kit with respect because otherwise, you know. Oh my no, God. No, not this kit. I, I can't mean, believe the you kit, The shared kit, treat everything with, you know. What you know, kit? What are you talking I'm about? I'm talking about reproductive organs. You don't look at them necessarily as kind of erotic things in the same way for, for a considerable amount of time afterwards. Somebody just arriving. Oh, it's the post. Carry on. For a considerable amount of time afterwards, it, you're sort of like, whoa, okay, hang on. This has led to this, which is agony for my wife. So you do look at it. I looked at it from a position of poor thing. I understood that this would put you into some kind of trauma, physical, bodily trauma. Okay, sorry, I don't think my question was direct enough. Just in the labour, we women know that we go to an animalistic place. Mm. What is that like 
for a man to see you in that animalistic place, like, in, in, in a way that they've never seen you before. It's like, it is like you truly, it's, it's like primal beast situation. Yeah. You are reminded that we are nothing other than a creature that is about survival. And you can either view that as something that, you use the word repulsion, I view it as something as, that's a remarkably inspiring thing. But there's no choice in it. I think I use the word repulsion because I think that a lot of women fear that they might have been well, I think repulsive. You, well, and I hate that because they've done this extraordinary thing. They've grown lungs and fingernails and eyebrows and eyelashes just while they've been just getting on with their work. And, just, and these that. amazing bodies do this. And then I think some women are left feeling, was I repulsive? In that time, where I had to well, I think all push women probably this would feel ball that, yeah. out of my fanny. Yeah, and and I think if you're a deeply unimaginative man, you you could say I was repulsed. Okay, so you're a feminist man. You're a kind man. You're a thinker. Did you have to override? And I'm not in any way insecure about this. So you can just tell mm. me honestly. Did you feel? Oh my God, what is she called? Because I know that I was. Going, I know what I was doing. Did you see that and just feel a bit repulsed and then override that intellectually and say to yourself, no. this is... No. Why don't I believe him? Well, because I think you're wanting me to give you the answer that... That I I was think. scared for you. I saw it as something happening to you. I didn't see it as an expression of some hidden part of you that there was. I, it was something was happening to you, within you. You were trying to get through it. And my job, certainly with the second birth, was to help as much as I could. In the first birth, I was watching you go through something which I felt you needed outside help to get through. But I didn't view you in a, oh, God. I mean, you know, it didn't, you know, we, you had Maddie very early on in our relationship. And so, you know, it didn't have a long-term effect on my comprehension of you as a person. Okay, so what I'm about when I'm on all fours, mooing like a cow, with... With everything stretched to whatever it well, is. I suppose and, I, ah, well, I suppose I don't think? hover over that in times of intimacy. <laughs> I'm not just talking about intimacy. I'm just talking about. I'm trying to imagine if I saw you at your most. Well, you're telling me you'd clearly visceral. find me repulsive because you're not believing or buying my answer. So clearly, there's a part of you that assumes if you were in my position, you would find it repulsive no. to see someone who's I what, might lost do. I control? I don't know. I might someone, do, I don't know. What is it that you think could be repulsive about it? Is it the loss of control? Is it the fact that you're I'm not... I'm thinking about the time when you had really, really bad food poisoning. <laughs> and you God. were so horrible. Oh, it, I was dying. It was so But painful. that's what I was... No, but I'm saying, if no, I could get... You found me repulsive. No, if I could get as close to what I'm talking about, I did find you repulsive because you were throwing up so violently, which I didn't find repulsive, but because you were so horrible to me, like, go away from me, I'm dying, can't you see? Well, I was like, oh my it's God. It's only because you were saying things like, you need to really breathe and ingest water in that calm way that made but, me but that's what people do in both. No, but I think we have a really good, yeah, talk- similar moment. Yeah, but you we were the one going through the acne, on. and whatever I'd suggest, you'd hit me, push no, me, but I found me, you but repulsive I when you were like that. Yeah, so but I did- didn't find you repulsive. Oh, okay, so now I mean, however much you're trying to put this on me, <laughs> no, no. what you're saying, and I know you're saying it, is if I was in a position of giving birth, going through that, you would find it repulsive. So what does that well, say about if you? If it's anything like when you're really, really sick, yes. Because you were so horrible to me. Like, I must have been horrible. Well, you weren't horrible. You were, oh. you were fighting for survival. 
You were fighting for but survival. But did I ever say to you, did I, because lots of women talk about they turn to their husband and they tell them, oh, and they say, well, I don't know if I did that. Did I do I think that? you did on the first birth more. Did I? Yeah, you were very, and it wouldn't have been quite so horrendous, but you would, you know. Was I as bad as when you were, when you were being sick? Because uh, you were awful, Mark. I'm sure I was. I mean, you were I'm not drawing really the parallel here that awful. me being sick is in any way comparative to childhood. No, but you were so vicious with me. Yeah. But maybe you're really irritating and I wasn't. <laughs> maybe I'm a better birthing partner than you could birthing partner 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 than you could ever be. The part of all of it that I find the most difficult to bear was the lack of choice. Because it wasn't that I wouldn't necessarily have arrived at the same choice. But I felt we could have got there in a much more sort of united and shared manner. But I think the reason you didn't say to me you didn't want me to have a home birth was because you actually had already been through two births. You knew way more about it than I did. And you knew I was going to have to be in whatever situation I needed because it's so difficult. I but mean, I it ain't of, called labour for no reason. No, absolutely. But I kind of blanked out a lot of my own experiences, both out of deference to you, but also because I too, you know, this was a new start for me. This was the birth of my first child in a family that I, I, was, I was in and I wanted. You know, I wanted this to be sort of a, a, a retake on a first birth experience. I wanted to not forget, you don't forget, I would never forget the joy of Izzy coming into the world. It was one of the most precious moments of my life, the first most precious moment of my life. Well, I remember you saying actually now, I remember when you were set, when, when I was, maybe when I was pregnant or before, you said when Izzy was born and then you opened her mm. up like a flower. And I remember feeling a bit sad because I thought that's got to be so that. magical that maybe that only happens once mm. with your first baby. But of course, now having had two, you know that your love grow It multiplies, it doesn't divide. Mm, but before I'd had children, I thought, God, what, is he going to feel the same way with our child? Because he's already had two children that he's felt magical about. Is there enough magic? But I never had that moment of unfurling, Flo. Because you weren't in the birth. No. 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 Mm. So, you know... So yeah, and I, and I do remember, that's why I was asking earlier, I do remember thing, I remember you saying actually, I think I remember you being quite, not, not distraught, but you were quite sad, I think. I could see there was a sadness when you thought, is this, are you going to feel the same when you unfurl that little, that little bundle of Maddie? Um, yeah, but I, I didn't understand. I mean, I remember when I was pregnant with Maddie, pregnant with Kiki, feeling petrified about Maddie and because I was so in love with Maddie that I thought oh my god what am I going to do how am I going to love another baby and how's Maddie going to feel that I love somebody else I'm going to be so it's going to be like leaving a lover but then of course you have your second baby and it does multiply it doesn't divide I just had more love for Maddie and more love for Kiki and then and then I realized it was probably with Kiki I realized that actually you that's what would have happened for you. Yeah. I'm also thinking that maybe one of our next podcasts should be a chat with Izzy. It's obviously, Flo was around, she could do it too. But uh, a chat with them about how they felt when Partner Maddie baby. and Kiki both came. Yeah. It's a very challenging time. That would be very... Very fascinating. More uncomfortable questions from more uncomfortable questions from the stepdaughters. <laughs> anyway, shall we wrap it there? It's a very big conversation. It's a huge conversation. You can't do it in one podcast. No, I know. Okay. All right. Well, if you want us to do more, or as ever, any comments that you would like to leave below, we do read them all, we don't answer them all, but we do read them all. We love to hear what you think. And um, 
we are going to do a live podcast. Mm. So if you subscribe to this channel, if you're, if you're watching this on YouTube and not listening to it on a podcast, also just press the bell for notifications because then you'll know when we're going live. Mm. Also, you can follow us on Nadia Sawara and Family Instagram because we usually will post there when we're going to do a live. Yeah. And um, if you're on the podcast... Head over to Nadia Swala and Family YouTube because on there we've got all sorts of things. We home educate our children and we do stuff about that. And we also do loads of movie reviews on there if you're a movie buff. So join us over on our YouTube channel too. Cool. Love you all. Oh, and by the way, the only one to ever use gas and air in both births was me. Yes. I just stuck with the gym. If you've enjoyed this, we'd love it if you left an honest review and rating. And uh, please subscribe so that you never miss an episode.